0: Back in February 22nd, I did a fundraiser with Operation Tears of the 22 Guys, where we were walking 22 miles with 22 pounds on our back. It was a ruck march. And as I walked through that, I found that there were a lot of correlations to life in this particular ruck march. And actually, I think in a lot of uh, times when you do go out and you start doing hard things, you find that there's a lot of similarities to life in that. And we're going to be talking about that this week on episode 122 of the Relaxed Mail. Welcome to Relaxed Male, podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set. Then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men, so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey, man! Hello, and welcome to Relax Mel. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life coach that helps to helps men who are struggling with particular parts of their lives. A lot of them going through, a lot of men go, are going through divorce. A lot of men are going through trying to figure out how to get work life balance, things like that. And I help them to see that embracing their masculinity actually helps them to become a better man for the rest of their community, whether that is just their family or their work environment or their whole town. And so this week I wanted to talk about a ruck March that I did back on in February. I am just now finally getting around to getting this, uh, this podcast episode up and out because I wanted to cover the model, uh, the, uh, previous six weeks that I was doing a month and a half. So we're finally back to talking about what this ruck March was, what it was meant, what it was, what impact it had on me and some lessons that I learned from that. But before we jump in, I want to say thank you to anybody who is brand new to the show. If you've come in, I've had several guys who have recently apparently decided they heard something, really liked it, and just went back and listened to my entire back catalog. I've had a couple of days where my downloads were through the roof way higher than everything else, and it's quite amazing, and I am so grateful for those of you who have – Started listening and going through, listening to, uh, uh, to the episodes that were I've uh, done in the past, and re-listening and hearing and gathering all that particular information, and understanding why the four pillars to a relaxed male are incredibly important to men themselves. But with that, with that said, if you. Uh, Find any of those particular episodes or anything in this episode. I'm going to, and I'll ask again at the end, but share this out, share this with your friends, your family, with Facebook groups, with your Facebook followers, your Facebook friends, your Twitter followers, Instagram, uh, trust.social or truth.social, uh, you know, any of the other social media sites that you're out there that you have going on if you got them out there go ahead and share those out and let's let's really get this this episode or this podcast to grow and let's get it to this movement really start rolling so we can start really touching the lives and hearts and minds of men so that they can start stepping up and being what our society truly needs our true masculine men who have no problem with somebody's come along saying that they're being toxic and they can just look at them and go, all right, if you think so and live their life on their particular terms. And that's what I really like having men do is live the life on their terms, not on the terms of what their mothers wanted them to be, not on the terms of what their father wanted, not on the terms of what society themselves thinks that I'm a guy should do because a man's not living to his fullest potential unless he is living his life on his terms. Going after his dreams, his aspirations, and a lot of that is reflected in this ruck march that I did over at Fort Chaffee in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, and didn't have a clue as to what I was, what I was literally walking into with this because I'd not ever done a ruck march before. Yeah, I've walked with a backpack and some a little bit of weight in there, but it's only been like. Two, three, four, five, six miles at the most. This was 13.6 miles total is 20. That's equals that to being 22 kilometers. And Matt Gillespie, the founder of Operation Tears of the 22, really wanted to hammer the 22 men and women of who have been in service who have killed them, who kill themselves every single day. And that's a, that's a number that's way too high. And this is a, cause and a, for that Matt finds incredibly compelling. And he is, he's wanting to to see if he can draw, how far down can he drive this number? Can he get it all the way down to zero? I don't know. I'm cheering him on as he has, he tries this, uh, this, what I would almost call an impossible goal. So what are, what happened that day? Well, that started out about oh eight nine o'clock in the morning. And, uh, it was kind of cold, not, not freezing, but it was, it was, it was a brisk day. It was cloudy, threatening rain, things like that. And so got out, out, out to uh Chaffee crossing, met with up with Rich and Matt and uh, the other walkers or hikers or trekkers or ruckers or whatever you wanted to call them kind of mingled around, got a little coffee in us and all that. And then turned around. I was like, all right, well, let's, uh, get everything started. So we got everybody up to the, uh, to the quote unquote starting line. And, uh, with a police escort took, uh, took off and you, we had three people who were uh, in a lot better shape than what I am and <laughs> a lot better shape than what Matt rich or even, uh, the ninth person, which was Matt's granddaughter, uh, breezy. They, uh, they were a lot better shaped than us. And so they were kind of in the lead and they took off and were following right behind police car, pacing it quite well. I started out walking with Matt and rich and we just, we walked along, but as I walked my, I was able to pace out ahead of them. And so I got a little further behind ahead of rich, but still wasn't walking as fast as the other guys. So the other guys walked out further and what we did is we went down and made three laps. And so if you look at, uh, about four and a half miles, so each lap is 4.555555 kilometers or uh, miles. And so as we walked and we made our first turn, you could see that Matt and, and Rich, uh, were a little ways away, but they weren't too terribly far. And the other folks were getting a lot further. They were probably about three quarters of a mile ahead of me. And as we made our first complete lap, it was, and got our feel of everything. We actually went, uh, went down one area and the other team, or the first, the front three guys had uh, gotten so far ahead that I couldn't see where they turned and so I actually turned ahead one, one spot uh, or one block too far or too soon. And so as I was walking and I almost made it down to them there, I saw the uh, police car and the other guys walk past. And so I kind of made caught up with them. I ended up cutting about a half a mile off that first trip and commenced to going again so we made another lap the police had done their thing and it was really cool because as we started off even they even had an engineer from bnsf actually take the a uh, one of the uh, one of the their engines and pull it across the road to kind of block everybody as everybody walked past now we didn't have a huge turnout that's okay i we didn't need to have a monstrous turnout and it was because it was on a tuesday it's kind of a weird time uh And didn't think we'd get a whole lot of people to show up on that day. But the fact that it was uh, 2-22-2022, that was the set of numbers that Matt really wanted to reach for. And so that's why we did it on that day. I think he's actually looking at moving it to another day on a later later date for next year. I think he's actually moving it to March or maybe even April. He's still looking at those ideas. But right now, because he's getting ready for... The next big event, which is in August. So made the first lap and that second lap, I was essentially by myself the whole time. Just made the turns, made the turns, made the turns and got, got all the way down and made the third lap. Now my energy level on the second one was, okay, I'm wearing down a little bit, not too bad, but I'm wearing down a little bit. Um, and I made this made the turn for the second lap and commenced to walking, starting my third and final lap. And this is where things started getting really hard, really difficult, because I was starting to run out of initial steam and was still had you know four and a half miles to to trek. As I walked, my legs were starting to get heavier, my knees were starting to to ache, my calves were just screaming the whole time and the temperature was dropping. It was getting colder as we continued to walk. So every time we made a lap, it was a little bit colder. And so eventually I glad I had a coat on, but eventually I put on my heavy gloves and with the heavy gloves, I really couldn't hold my, my walking stick. So on the second lap, I actually ditched my walking stick because I was just, I couldn't hold onto it and, and everything else. And it was just kind of a, kind of a, uh, a hassle to do, and I think I w- really would have done better if I continued holding onto my walking stick. But I didn't. I set it off to the, uh off by the car as I continued my walk around. But as you walk, and especially if you're by yourself, there's a lot of things that you start thinking of, and a lot of thoughts come crawling, creeping through your head. And there's a lot of thoughts of, hey, just ditch your cu- ditch your backpack. You know, shed some of the weight. Do some of the other do all these other things, make your life a little easier, getting back into something that's a little more comfortable. You have all these thoughts and they were fascinating to actually sit back and look at, and you take, take part and look at each one of those images or each one of those thoughts and images that your mind generates as to, as a means to help you get past whatever the hard parts are. But I ended up coming up with a kind of a list of things that correlate with life. And that's kind of what I wanted to really go over now, because there, are, there's a lot of lessons that that equate your life as being on a ruck march. You're, at, you can take your life, and you know we can always take our life and stuff it into other things, and have it equal out. But for me, that ruck march really showed some key points in life. The first one being is being that we always go in unprepared. Now I could have prepared and I, and I didn't, but, and it'll do, it'll be a lot easier the next time because no matter what you're doing in life, whether it's learning to drive, learning to ride a bike, learning to walk, learning how to start up your own business, how to start anything, you're going to step into it unprepared because you don't know what you don't know. And that's the same way with this Ruck March. I had, I'd not ever Rucked it before in my life. Like I said, I've done it a couple of times, but not with 22 pounds. That's a lot. And I, I say that's a lot. There was one guy who actually had a ruck pack on a uh, professional and it's just a metal plate that he carries in the center of his back and the thing had 30 pounds on it. So, I mean, you can walk a lot more, but that little ruck pack is really low in profile. So it doesn't, there's not as much. You're not getting as much swing and you're not getting as much of a full body workout as you are with that, with like having a ruck back sack, like I, what I had on and I, I had, a, was walking with a 50 liter rucksack and I had uh, it all together. It, uh, it weighed, you know, 23 kilometers or 23 uh, pounds. We got, we're going to go into our, our, our life. Whatever adventure, whatever endeavor, whatever it is that we want to do, we're going to go in, initially go into it unprepared. And as we w- go, we're actually going to develop the skills that we need to be able to continue doing that. So we, you're going to go in unprepared, but that's okay because you're not supposed to know everything right off the bat. If you did, everybody would be wildly successful. And success wouldn't mean anything to us anyhow because if everybody's successful, then Okay, what well, it was it's a, it's an expected deal. Yet if you're you're going through doing the hard work and you're taking the skills that you learn from life to perform whatever, you know, action you're wanting to perform, you're going to become better at it. You're going to become more skilled just simply by having exposure to Whatever that is, starting a business or having a starting a family or doing a ruck march. We always go in unprepared, but we develop the skills that we need. Yet our mind wants to tell us and try to keep us comfortable by going, "Hey, dude, you have not ever done this." We look in the past so many times we keep our eyes on the rear view mirror instead of on the windshield. We're always looking behind us. We want to live in a past life of, well, we've never done this before. This is going to be bad. This is going to be horrible. I don't think you're going to be able to do this because you've not ever done this. You don't know what you're doing. And our mind will try to scream at us and tell us and convince us to not do whatever it is that we're wanting to do. And we may know deep down inside our soul that this is something we need to do for ourselves, but our mind will, will fight with us to make sure that we don't do it. It's like me and coaching. I know deep down, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I am so fired up to help coach guys and to help guys get out of the thoughts of being stuck. That even sitting down and imagining that I'm, I'm not going to be a coach anymore. I'm going to be in a, tr- uh, be a truck driver for the rest of my life just fills me with so much dread and depression that it's horrible. There's so much pain in me not reaching that level of what I want to do. So our mind's going to screw with us and tell us that we're not prepared for it. And it's right. We're not prepared, but we will become prepared the moment we start doing it. Be be prepared to be unprepared (laughs) is a good way to put that. So the next is you really can't control the weight of your pack. Yeah, we can add stuff. We can... or we can control, i misread my, my notes. You can control the weight of your pack. The weight is all the stuff that we think we need. All right. That is, you know, we've got to have this in our life and this in our life, and we've got to make sure that we have a good paying job and we got to have this and we got to have that. And we got all this other stuff. And so we keep adding weight to our pack. Well, the heavier the pack, the more work you're going to have to do. And a lot of us guys, yeah, we take pride in our work, but is that pride in the fact that we are just being busy or is that pride in the fact that we are actually being productive? You can control the weight of your pack. You can actually stop and take stuff out that you really don't need. It's like, all right, do I really need this 10 pound barbell to equal 22 pounds? No, I can actually put some 10 pounds worth of books in here and I can actually learn some stuff or maybe you know can i do i really need to have the weight of my mother's judgment weighing down on me or can i actually take that out and allow her to actually have whatever judgment she wants and know that that judgment isn't on me at all the weight of the pack that you carry is completely dependent upon what you want to take on i did a podcast a couple several months ago called your basket of beliefs. It's uh episode number 86 and links to that will actually be in the, uh, in the show notes that basket of beliefs is a lot of what I'm talking about. Those that different amount of weight. Do you believe you are able to become successful or do you believe that this is your lot in life? It's not a lot, but it's your life. You've got all these different assumptions and beliefs. And you can actually look at each one of those beliefs that you have in that particular basket or in our the analogy that I'm using right now in your rucksack, you can look at those and go, you know what? This belief that I am not a reader isn't serving me. I'm going to set that that belief down and I'm going to pick up the belief that I am a reader because what is a belief? A belief is nothing more than a thought that you repeat to yourself. It is a thought that we perceive to be true. So if you that tells you you can change whatever your thought is. You can change a belief. you can and we people do all the time. You have Catholics that become that become Protestants. you have uh, Christians that become Jewish, you have Jewish, the uh, people who may convert to, uh, to Buddhism. We have all these different, we jump, we have people who are Baptist becoming Pentecostal or Pentecostal becoming, you know, Presbyterian or Presbyterian becoming, uh, Lutheran. We all change our beliefs because they're just the thoughts that we have. It's a sentence that we repeat in our head over and over and over again. And that's what we cause causes us to want to believe what it is that we believe. It's not necessarily a truth. It, well, it's, it's a truth. It's not necessarily a fact. We perceive that thought to be true. The next thing i realized is that it seems easy at first. You're walking. Yeah, you got your back. You got your rucksack put on. It's nice and snug. It's sitting right next to your back. Your shoes are on on good and tight. You've got good socks on and you walk. Well, you know, it's going to start off easy, especially if you're just woke up and you're fresh from the, for the day, you're going to have a lot more energy that you can dedicate to the, to the walk as a young man in life. If you are listening and you are either in high school or just out of high school, things are going to seem easy. There are going to be hills and those hills are, might be gentle and easy to go up and you're like, oh heck yeah, I got this down but at the same time, there may be some steep hills and these steep hills may cause you to, you know, to really kind of struggle. And you may think, oh, I can't do this. It's going to seem easy at first. And as your energy progresses to, uh, to be used up, you're going to find that, you know, that first hill that you went up, that was pretty easy. The next time is, oh, wow. You really noticed this hill now. And that, that third line, you know, you can almost look at your laps as being your youth middle age and elderly elderly and so you know that when you're in your youth yeah that hill that you run across can be fairly unnoticeable that's those bad habits that you have in your life whether it's you're drinking and uh, partying until you know five in the morning going to bed getting an hour's worth of sleep getting up and going to work when you're young in your in your 20s yeah you could do that every you know every day of the week but eventually, you know you hit your middle age middle part of your of your life, you know, get about thirty all of a sudden you, you go drink until ten o'clock and you may not even get really toasted. You go to bed and wake up and all of a sudden you're like, oh God, what's that pain in my head? you know oh where'd this hang why did I have a hangover? I didn't really drink that much. That's those weird. It's, you're getting older. That's that second lap, and the third lap, you know, it gets even. It gets even rougher, where that little gentle hill that you had is kind of a struggle. And those habits that you have, those hills, really can become very seriously uh, compounded and really affect your performance. So it's going to seem easy at first. And that's because you've got all that energy in the world. That third lap is really going to come along and it's going to grab you in the boo-boo and you're going to really wonder why you chose to climb this particular hill. You're also somewhere along the way going to hit a wall. And this is going to be an obstacle that you just have to power through. For me, it was that wall was that third lap. I made it down to the end where we made our first right-hand turn on the first, on that lap, and oh, it was, all of a sudden, I mean, my legs were like, all right, let's 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 stop, let's take a break, let's let's breathe for a second, and I was kind of trudging along, and about that time as I was trudging along is when, and I'm going to talk about Bob here in a bit, but uh, Bob came along, and everybody, I was the last one on the course, I was the last one to, to finish that day. Everybody else, uh, the three in the front, I think they completed it in like three hours or something like that. I completed mine in a little over a little over five It's like five and a half. Maybe Bob stayed there with me and he, every so often he was, Hey, you all right, need something needed need some water. And yeah, i grab a water, have a drink, some water and kind of just keep trudging along and it was, I wasn't taking big long strides. I even tried to see what happens if I stretch out. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's not going to work at all. My legs were like going, dude, we're not stretching. We're cold. We're things are tightened up where you just, you can stop any day now and we'd be quite happy, but I couldn't, I still had, you know, four and a half miles to go. You're going to hit that wall. What do you do when you hit that wall? That is completely up to you. You can give up. Shed the shed, the weight, shed everything else, give up and check out. And that is the reason why I didn't do it when I hit that wall was because what this walk actually re- was representing it was called the weight of my brother, Ruck March. And that weight of the that I had on my back was to represent the 22 men and women in service who kill themselves. With and and I couldn't let them down. I wanted to make sure they were represented. That they were that I was there to help carry them. And I could check out. And I could you know I anytime along the way, life is going to become super super sucky, and you can choose what you want to do. You can do a permanent fix to a temporary problem, or you can just power through there because believe it or not, that little crappy sucky period in your life isn't permanent. It's going to, you're going to work your way through there. And sure enough, it's going to be a lot better on the other side. I tell you the seat of my Mazda felt like it was designed strictly for me. When I first sat in there, it was just one of the most incredible feelings. I wouldn't have been able to experience that if I hadn't have gone on that ruck march because my body had I'd subjected my body to something that it was not used to. But I wanted to show myself above anything that I can do hard things. And that kind of became my mantra. And I still hold on to that mantra. You can do hard things. You yourself, you the listener. You can do hard things. I can do hard things. We all can do hard things. You just have to be willing to do that hard thing. So when you hit that wall, yeah, like I said, it's really going to suck. And that obstacle, whatever it is in your life, may seem like it's insurmountable. But when you get beyond it, you're going to realize, holy crow, I have some skills that I have developed just because of that. I now know I can walk 22 kilometers. I'm really not going to like life the next morning, but at that moment, I can walk 22 kilometers. And that lets me know I really need to start doing this type of stuff because I've got a couple more years to go before I want to walk. Hopefully, they will finally open everything up. Completely in, in Spain, because I do want to walk the Camino de Santiago and I am not going to walk that damn thing with a freaking mask on my face. I don't care to have them walk around going, well, do you have a, do you have your shot records? I'm not going to carry my damn shot records. I'm not going to do some, you know, some close contact app that, you know, tracks me on who I've touched or been within six feet of what the whole time I'm there. It's not important. And so if I am in good enough shape to be able to walk the Camino, I'm good enough shape to, to be, to be, you know, to not have to worry about, you know, bureaucratic crap, but to be able to do that, I know now that I can do hard things. Now take the, take a, whatever, how much, however much weight I end up putting in my rucksack to go. And I'm going to be trying to make sure I get that thing as light as possible now, but I'm going to, but I want to be able to um, go and start in Lourdes, France and walk all the way to Camino de Santiago. And I know right there at the beginning, right when you first start, I have a big wall of rock that I have to cross. There's the Alps or the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the Pyrenees mountains, I believe is what they are that you have to walk over to be able to get into Spain. And from Spain and from there, you know, no matter, I don't know what else <laughs> other obstacles. I know there's a lot of beautiful, incredible sights that you get to see, but you to do that, you have to be able to get those rewards. You have to do those hard things. Another thing that I noticed is especially in the third lap, you are going to welcome church and friends. You're going to really want them. You're going to really want their, the, uh, the camaraderie of having some close friends in your life the church believe it or not yes that is a good thing there was a church that was on our on our uh on our route and as you walked around you could actually go inside to kind of rest your back you know rest your uh rest your legs a little bit i didn't take my pack off but I did go inside, get some coffee, which was a nice, warm relief to, to receive. And so as I, as I was enjoying the coffee and stuff, I sat and talked with Bob for a little bit and it was just good to have Bob there. Bob is just one of those guys who's just, he's, he's a vet and he is, is out to help other vets. He is just all, he's all about it now. And You're going to, you're going to welcome that church, the, that, the soothing relationship that you have with your religion. Now, when I say church, I'm not meaning just Christian church. It might be in that you go to temple, uh, or to a synagogue or to, uh, to an ashram or whatever it is that you end up going to. That church has a lot of great qualities to it. And uh, you're young right now. Uh, even if you're middle age, you're like, ah, well, I don't like church churches, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, those are all, again, all beliefs that you have about the church. It doesn't mean that they, it is what the church is about. If you step back and you actually look at what the church is about and understand the church is essentially nothing more than a hospital for the sinners. It's not a museum for the, for the saints. It's a hospital for sinners, and you can even see those hoity-toity uppity people who are just looking down their nose at the fact that you are not as grand and wonderful as they are. You can actually look at them and go, "God bless you for trying so hard to to cover your sins," because that's what they are, especially when they are hypocritical. And you you, you know that you know Sister Betty better than you is. Is had you know has had a very sordid background. If you were in a church, you start knowing what people are, who people are, and what they're about, and you get to learn the histories of them. And yeah, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear that. Okay, she's you know someone who looks down upon you had a had a hard life at one time, and fact that they are overdoing whatever whatever. Action that they're doing just screams at the fact that they are trying to hide the sins that church is meant for. And so you can actually look at their the fact that they are being hypocritical, at the fact that they are being, you know, deceitful as just a human trying to be a human, trying to human his their way through their life the best that they can. And if you have that type of mindset about it, you can go to church and just enjoy everybody. Let them be as as grumpy as they want to be, and you're just like, all right, dude, yeah, God bless you. Have a good time. Church is great. But also those friends that you have, they're the ones that help encourage you to keep you stepping, putting one foot in front of the other, step after step after step. Those friends are incredibly important. That's one reason why the fourth pillar is in the relaxed male. We have to have that community. We have to have that band of brothers who, is the, who are there to help us become the better men because doing it by ourselves is lonely and it sucks and we give ourselves an easy out when we're with our by ourselves but if we have guys who are looking over our shoulder and we're trying to make sure that we become as good great as we see them as being we're going to step it up we're going to work harder we're going to do things that allow us to have a better life all because i we have our friends with us those men those noble masculine men are there cheering us on just as Bob was, and we all need a Bob in our life. Bob was an amazing guy. Yeah, he, there's a couple of times, especially on the back end of the lap, where it got a little, a little tedious, at least to me, and that's because I was getting tired, but Bob would, he would drive past me and go about, uh, I don't know, maybe an eighth of a mile ahead of me, and I'd trudge up, and he'd go, you all right? I'm like, uh, yep, I'd give him a thumbs up. Need a drink of water? No, sir. And I'd keep walking. And I'd get about an eighth of a mile ahead of him, and then rawr, here he'd come, Bob again, and he'd get about an eighth of a mile ahead of me. And as I came up to him, "You doing all right?" "Yep." You. And at the moment, you know, I while I'm in that area of I'm just trying to get to the end of this last lap. You know, I'm thinking this all through, going, "I got to get through this." And Bob is keeps asking me, "Are right, am I doing all right?" Well. Thank God Bob was checking to make sure that I was doing all right, because it made me have to think, am I doing all right? I had to do a check-in with myself to go, am I doing okay? Am I doing all right? Am I doing all what needs to be done? Yes, I am. Hey, you need a drink? No, I'm not thirsty. Yeah, I'm thirsty. I wouldn't have thought of that unless you had mentioned something. Here, got a bottle of water. All right. That was actually some of the best, coldest-ass water you ever come across. But it was, oh, it tasted good every time I grabbed a bottle of water. It was... It was good to have Bob go through that part with me. Was he in a pickup? Yeah, he was in a pickup. Nothing wrong with that. But he was with me nonetheless. And so thank God I had a Bob with me because we all need a Bob in our life. We all have that. Bob could almost be seen as that best friend, that confidant in your life. And that confidant may not be the same one you had in high school as you have when you're 85 years old you're going to need and have and should have a confidant in your life and I'm, no, i know i understand i'm i'm shooting on you on this but that's okay but when you get done all the the tasks that you have that finish is so sweet reason why we have a 50/50 life is because those sucky times allow us to experience the wonderful times if we deny ourselves the opportunity to have that sucky time, we're not going to appreciate the glorious times near as much. We have to allow for the suckies to show up with the wonderfuls. And as long as we keep our life in a 50-50, accept the fact that we are just struggling, that we're just trying to get one step ahead of each other, if we can accept that and just be with that at the moment, When we get past it, we have a greater sense of joy, success, love, whatever it is that you're questing for. If you will allow yourself to have that little bit of, you will have a whole lot of, yeah, all right. So guys, if you are wanting to needing help, getting coached through your, your own ruck of your life, you can do so. I can help you out. I've got coaching services that uh, we can set up. I do. I like to do a one-year coaching session, or not session, but uh, one one-year uh, coaching term. But I also have them as small as three months, where we can meet and talk to each other on a on a uh, for three full months and have our and start getting those mindsets changed. I just got finished working with a guy who he uh finished his his 6 month stint and it the changes that he made that I saw that he made were absolutely incredible. And uh he's supposed to be putting up a uh testimony for me and a review so that y'all can actually see what he has to say about it. If you are not interested or maybe not uh, not interested in doing one-on-one coaching, you really want to make sure that you have your your community pillar good and strong. I have the brotherhood of men. This is a men's group that allows uh, allows men to l- spend time, spend an hour to an hour and a half with each other once a week. We meet each week and we s- live intentionally with each other, well, not live with each other, but we, we spend time, intentional time with each other and become better men because of it. If you're interested in that, you can also go to uh, relaxedmail.com and see the brotherhood of men, or you can go to relaxmail.com forward slash brotherhood and be able to go there. If uh, you're interested in the coaching services, relaxmail.com forward slash coaching, will take you over to uh, my coaching page. So with all that that I said, if you found anything that is a benefit, caused you to think, caused you to laugh, caused caused you to think of somebody else, share this out with them. Share that out with your friends that you have. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the other social media networks that are out there. If you uh would like also you can submit a review. I'll read those reviews out on the air if you if you happen to put one up. So if you'd like to hear your name, um, do so. You can also shoot me an email over at Brian at relaxedmail.com or go to relaxedmail.com forward slash contact and and ask a question there. And if you want me to answer it on the air, I'll do it do that too. And if you leave your like your website. I'll actually even link to your website. So you get a little bit of extra Google juice going on, which is always a great thing. So guys with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you go. Thanks a lot for listening. Y'all have a great, wonderful life and we'll see you next week. And remember that you too can do hard things.